1: Learn more at Marines.com.
0: Join us for the very first IFL Live at London's Indigo at the O2, Sunday, August the 13th, with me, Kukin Cassius, and some very special guests, Eddie Hearn, Darren Barker, Johnny Fisher, and more. Tickets now on sale. So in the words of Eddie Hearn...
1: You get up, you dress up, and you fucking show up.
0: Oscar Bevis, IFL TV, proudly sponsored by the Last. an honour for me to be joined by Mr. Michael Bispin. Mike, thank you very much for giving me some of your time. Um, How are you on this lovely summer's day? It doesn't feel like it. I know, obviously, it's not California, is it? I'm
1: freezing. (laughs) I've gone soft living in California for 12 years now. Um... It's always good to be back in the UK. Obviously, I'm a proud Englishman and I love this country so much. Uh, but I'm here on business. You know, we're launching UFC gyms and we're very, very excited about that. Um, we have committed to opening 105 UFC gyms throughout the UK and Ireland over the next few years. A lot of those will be owned by the corporate entity and a lot of them will be franchise opportunities for people to join the brand. And you can get involved at ufcgym.co.uk and UFC gyms, real quick, they are state-of-the-art fitness facilities with UFC branding and logos and artwork everywhere. We offer, you know, jiu-jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, yoga, pilates, spinning, uh, circuit training, every piece of equipment you can imagine under the sun. So it's not, what we want to get across to everyone is that it's not about being a UFC fighter. If you want to explore that side of things, of course, we offer that. But it's about, a fitness community. It's about being in the best shape of your life. It's about being healthy and having a great lifestyle. And that's what we offer there in a fun environment.
0: 105 is a staggering number. And I suppose it's not that the British people have been starved of UFC. As such, it's growing massively in this country, but kind of actually getting involved in that sense, um, this is just going to kind of skyrocket. That, no. Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I mean, the sport of mixed martial arts and the UFC is growing all the time in the UK. We're in a very, very strong position right now in terms of representation of British fighters in the sport. And UFC gyms... As I say, I live in California. So I went into one gym there for a workout one day and I couldn't believe what I saw. I was just, I was just blown away by the energy in the gyms. You know, they had a DJ playing and like the, the equipment was incredible. And I was like, this is amazing. So I invested in one back in California that did really, really well. So I thought, you know, I'm, I'm proud to be an ambassador for British mixed martial arts. I feel that uh, number one, the, the, they, they will be very well received and people will enjoy them. It will help introduce the next generation to martial arts uh, because martial arts is an incredible thing for me when I was a youngster. It gives you a sense of direction. It gives you a purpose, helps with confidence, fitness, uh, flexibility, discipline, but also lifestyle, uh, sorry, a lifestyle of fitness, you know, so uh, yeah. Uh, and also it will help bring a further amount of recognition to the UK in terms of the UFC's uh, brand name.
0: Like I said, the UFC is growing over here. Um, and I want to talk about UFC London. Always special when the UFC obviously get their chance to come over here, and a special man, a special fighter in Tom Aspinall as well.
1: Yeah, Tom's incredible. He really is. Uh, he's, He's an incredible human being. First and foremost, that's the most important thing. Carries himself with a real humility and grace. He's just an awesome guy. But inside the ring or the octagon, he's incredible. You know, I do believe he's the future heavyweight champion of the world. His skill set is just second to none. His athletic ability, his agility, his approach, his discipline. You know, he's a very special fighter. Saturday night, he made it look easy against Marcin Tibora Yeah, and as I say, I think two, three fights, he will be the heavyweight champion of the world.
0: Is there any repercussions for the microphone incident? Obviously, we want the real gossip. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So is that right? Mike Bisping, give me that mic. Um, I have an earpiece in, right? And we are told under no circumstances do we give the microphone away, right? Because then the fighters are holding court and it's hard to get it back off them. We're on live TV. You know, it's funny because they think that being the commentators, we're calling the shots. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes if a fighter doesn't get an interview, you know they think, Bisping, why didn't you go in and interview that guy? Say, do you think I make those decisions? I am doing what I am told to by producers. We have TV schedules. We'll go to commercial breaks and things like that. And then sometimes if the fight goes longer, if there is a finish or whatever, then sadly sometimes uh, there can't be an interview. Uh, and yeah, we are told under no circumstances. So Tom's like, give me that microphone. And I was like, Susie said that, I grabbed that thing even tighter. I'm like, no, you don't, you big lump. I love you, Tom,
0: but you're not having the microphone. You'll have to fight me for it. Which wouldn't be fun. I mean, we wouldn't mind seeing. I'm not, I'm not going to go down that route. Um, he was right in what he said afterwards, though. So nobody would. Nobody wants to mess with Michael Bispin. Um, I'm going to... Obviously, we're a boxing-related channel. I'm going to move on to the Fury and Garnu stuff. It's just so big in kind of the wider world. I know there's kind of a bit of boxing disappointment. Um, your first thoughts when you heard about it and then it kind of got announced, Your just first thoughts around the, the whole Fury and Garnu fight?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost... As someone that knows Francis Ngannou and I've had very healthy interactions with him, first thoughts were I'm very happy for him and I hope that he makes the ridiculous sums that are being alluded to. So I'm very, very happy for him. As also a boxing fan, it's a little frustrating because I have tremendous respect for Fury for what he does inside the ring, you know. And I want to see him. And he's incredible. He is. I mean, the technique that he displays, the speed, the combinations, the feints and the little things that Tyson Fury does that maybe uh, the average casual fan, doesn't recognise. I mean, he is spectacular. Um, but he needs to fight Alexander Usyk. That's the fight that should happen. It's the fight that everybody wants to see. But he's going to take a little, you know, they're going to do a little uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, exhibition, even though it's a full-on fight. But it's, it, it's, it's kind of a spectacle. It's a fun fight, whatever you want to call it. It's going to attract a lot of attention. You know, it's going to generate a lot of money. And good for them. Well done. Listen, as fighters... As a human being, you can't hate on somebody going out there making money. All right? So, fair play to him. Um, I don't think Nganou will beat him, if I'm being honest. Nganou's not a boxer. He can bang, he can punch, and he probably hits way harder than Tyson could ever dream of hitting. But he's not the skilled boxer that Tyson Fury is. So, if I'm training Francis Nganou, the game plan is simple. Because of his Because he's a mixed martial artist. He can wrestle. He can grapple, okay? So in the safe fight, he's going to tie up with him, right? He's going to bully him into the corner because he'll be a stronger man. Bully him into the corner. Get a little bit of separation and then just unload. Just swing for the fences. Because if he tries to catch him, if he tries to set shots up, if he tries to actually box him, he will not win that. But if he just... Throws him into a corner so he has nowhere to escape and just swings like a madman. You never know. He might catch him. If he catches him, we all know heavyweights, he might go to sleep.
0: What would you consider a good result for Francis and Garner, even if he is to come out on the losing side? What would you consider? You know, he's gone in there. This is a good result for Francis.
1: Yeah, uh, you're talking about a moral victory. You know, there's lots of ways of getting a moral victory. Certainly, Going the distance would be a moral victory. Giving a good account of himself. Winning a few rounds. Landing some shots. You know, he would be giving a good account of himself. It's not insulting to Francis Ngarni for me to sit here and say he's not going to win. Tyson few is 33-0 and, and won. He's, he's undefeated. All the boxers that he's fought haven't been able to beat him. So someone that's never boxed is not me being critical and saying he can't beat Tyson Fury. No man alive can beat Tyson Fury, right? And certainly not a man that's ever boxed. That's never boxed, right? So so listen, Francis isn't probably going to win. But you know what? You never know because he has the X factor. He has that power and that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes it exciting. And that's what's going to make it a blockbuster fight.
0: Do you think there's a danger, and I'm kind of coming at this from the fan perspective of UFC fans and boxing fans. I know some are a fan of both, but they love to have a niggle at each other. Um, Do you think there's kind of a danger that perhaps the discipline of mixed martial arts can kind of come under a bit of scrutiny if it is to be very simple for Tyson Fury? Say that one more time. Do you think mixed martial arts can kind of come out looking... I'm not going to say looking bad, but come under a bit of scrutiny if it is to be a very simple method of victory for Tyson Fury? Um, Right. No, I
1: don't. I understand what you're saying because a lot of pro boxing fans, if they see Francis Ngannou get outclassed, if they see him get, you know, mocked in the ring, or if Tyson's, you know, doing what he does and he's taking the piss out of him, then that reflects badly on mixed martial arts. It doesn't reflect badly on mixed martial arts. It just means that somebody that's never had a boxing fight in his life lost to the greatest heavyweight we've ever seen, probably in our generation. Um but if Tyson Fury was to fight him in mixed martial arts, it'd be the same thing. It would be the same thing. Trust me. Francis Ngannou would demolish him. Jon Jones would demolish him. I would demolish him in a mixed martial arts contest, right? Um, that's not to say that Tyson couldn't do the training and, and the necessary learning. You know, of course he could. If I could learn it, why can't he? Anyone can. But he's a boxer. Francis is a mixed martial artist. Uh, and they're apples and pears. It's like saying someone that's really good at checkers will be a world champion at chess. Not going to happen. They're two different sports or two different games.
0: What will he gain, kind of giving it to our viewership from the UFC or the mixed martial arts, perspective? What will he gain and how will things work with him and training or sparring with Tom Aspinall? Uh, Tyson? What will he gain from... What, you mean in preparation for the Ngannou fight? Yeah, we kind of just said, I I guess we're looking at it from the perspective that it will be an easier night's work for Tyson than usual, but obviously he is bringing in the likes of Tom Aspinall for this this preparation.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, Well. So. Obviously, it's not a mixed martial arts contest, so everything is on the feet. But there is a lot of clinch work on the feet in mixed martial arts. And that's what I was talking about before when I said for Inganu to clinch him and throw him into the corner. And the way you do that, it's called the called underhooks when you pummel and stuff like that. So Tom, obviously, is very big, right? Probably not far off Inganu or maybe even bigger. Uh, probably not far as strong. And Tom's a far better grappler than Francis Ngannou is. So Tom will be able to teach him all about the underhook game and the pummeling and uh, getting an advantageous position on the feet to be able to control uh, the geography of the ring. And Ngannou, as I said, he's going to push him into the corner. You know what I mean? So Tom can show him a lot of drills on how to avoid that happening and how to escape the corner or or to use his own uh, clinching techniques to be able to uh, stay triumphant in that scenario.
0: One thing we do know is Fury and Nganou is going to be an absolute spectacle. And I can't wait to see kind of just there. I can't even envisage envisage them to in the ring at the moment. Um, Just a quick one. I know this is the sort of question we could kind of talk about for 45 minutes, but I guess in short form, um, how can you compare the UFC and boxing? I know kind of UFC fans will say everyone fights everyone, which is correct. Um, Boxing fans will take that moral high ground of, with the older, more traditional sport. Um, there'll be the comparisons, but how do you kind of take a look and kind of compare the two, Mike?
1: Well, boxing is a tremendous sport and I'm a huge fan. You know, I grew up watching boxing. I've also been a lifelong martial artist and was inspired by early martial art films in the eighties. So so that holds a dear place to my heart. And of course I became a UFC champion and I'm very, very involved in the sport still to this day. Um, but people love fights. If you're walking down the street, if you're crossing the street now and there's two people across the road engaging in a fight, people will stop, people will watch. Even if it's two old ladies, for the right reason, the wrong reasons, For just like if you stop them and look at a car crash, as sad as that is. Um, so there's something about the visceral and animalistic nature of fights that people buy into and people are appealed to and attracted to. So a mixed martial arts is the purest form of combat on the planet. It is. It's as simple as that. Boxing is great but it's a limited skill set. But it's boxing. It's a different sport. As I said, chess and checkers. Mixed martial arts is very cerebral. It's very methodical. It's highly technical, but it's also wildly exciting and explosive as well at the same time. So I I don't like to further the narrative of boxing versus mixed martial arts. The two different sports. The two can very happily coexist at the same time. There's still a lot of people that aren't on board with the UFC. There's still, uh, there's a lot of, MMA fans that look at boxing and say it's boring. Do you know what I mean? So it's horses for courses, you know, but you can't deny an MMA event, the UFC events, the way they are put together, the packaging, the production, the promotion is second to none. Okay. And all the boxing promoters in the world are learning. They're looking at the UFC and they're trying to replicate what they've done because no boxing promoter is anywhere. And this is just the facts. There's no boxing promoter anywhere near even 10% of what the UFC has achieved. It is a global worldwide sensation. It is the most valuable sports franchise on the planet. So there's something happening that's correct. They're doing something right. And there's certainly an appeal uh, to a wider audience.
0: I guess there's massive appeal in the fact that the fights that people want get made. I've never been down the pub and listened to my friends who are big UFC fans talk about a fight that hasn't been made. It would be at best fantasy fights from different eras involving the likes of yourself, but it would never be. These two current guys, when are they going to fight? And I suppose, I guess that's a problem right now in boxing.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is one of the problems in boxing. It's because there's so much politics, you know what I mean? There's different promoters involved and then there's purse splits and locations and venues and, you know, you go on, I don't need to tell you, there's all kinds of politics involved. So it's a much simpler process in mixed martial arts, uh, in the UFC. You know, everyone's in-house, you know, all uh, uh, promoted by the same promoter. It's the, it's the UFC, you know, so we're all in-house. So therefore, those fights, you know, just being honest, they're easier to put together. But of course, fighters aren't forced to fight anyone, right? When I was fighting for the UFC, you're not forced to fight. You know, we sign a contract, they present a matchup. You can say yes, you can say no. Uh, but we don't say no. You know, if we don't say no, because that's what you're supposed to be doing, you're supposed to be testing yourself, you're supposed to be looking for the toughest fights possible, you're supposed to be going into a competitive realm where you don't know if you can win, right, and that's what pushes you to get better. That is what makes you strive to succeed and push yourself the extra mile in the training room, okay? Because you don't know. There's nothing endearing about seeing a bully go out there and beat up somebody that they know they can beat. But there is something that is captivating and captures the imagination of someone that is the underdog, that is prepared to take a chance, prepared to take a risk and prepared to say, you know what? I'm going to have a go. I'm going to give it a try. And then they come through and they win. Everyone loves that story,
0: you know? So, um, yeah, you know, there you go. Brilliant. Um, A quick one on Jake Paul and Nate Diaz and kind of how you view that.
1: Yeah, uh, listen, I've got nothing against Jake Paul. I don't know the guy. I've never met him personally. I've been on the receiving end of many a DM from him. The guy's a bit of a tool in that regard. Um, Fair play. He's going out there. He's living his life. He's trying to be successful. He is successful. He's very successful. And he yearns the kind of attention and the kind of... Reputation that fighters get, right? Everyone wants that. Everyone wants the ability to dominate another man. Everybody wants to be known as the toughest guy in the room, right? That's why we're seeing all and sundry get involved in the fight world these days. Everyone, celebrity influencers, and all the rest of it, they're all trying to box. Uh, Jake Paul uh, has fought one boxer in his entire career and he lost, right? That should be the fight that he's looking for uh, a rematch. Not hearing about that. He's gone back to his old MO of taking someone that's not a boxer that's almost 40 years old, that fought as a lightweight, 155 pounds, when he's walking around at about 205, 210, right? So he's fighting a way smaller guy that's not in his prime, that's never boxed before. That, to me, doesn't get my respect. As I say, I don't know Jake Paul, so I'm not trying to disrespect him. But I'm a figurehead in combat sports, and and I, I have to call it like I see it. Fighting a basketballer in Nate Robinson, a wrestler in Ben Askren, you know, okay, he fought Anderson Silva, who was almost fifty and lost his last six or seven fights in mixed martial arts. So it, it, again, he's, he's he's choosing very smart matchups. And with Nate Diaz, he's running a risk here because, okay, Nate Diaz has a huge following. He's as tough as they come. And you never know, he might just pull it off. But Jake is the bigger guy, he's the younger guy, he's the actual boxer, he's in his prime. You know, Everything leans towards Jake Paul. And that's why he's picked this fight, because Nate is known for being a tough guy. Nate does have a huge following. It will do big numbers because of the Nate Diaz following, and Jake Paul's following as well, let's be honest. Uh,
0: But he's taking a very calculated risk. Mike, brilliant. I really appreciate your time. I said one last thing, but I've got to just do this. Perhaps an on-the-spot question. Um, The Michael Bispin return in any form? Any form. I love that hesitation because it means there's a niggling. Yeah, no, maybe a drinking
1: competition. (laughs) Um, uh, My fighting days are done. Now that I say that today, sometimes I think I could come back, you know. And I could, I could. But I wouldn't be able to get licensed. The, the cat is out of the bag in terms of having one eye and having a fake eyepiece in. So I wouldn't get commissioned. Uh, an exhibition bout, maybe. You know, I'd do that because I could get licensed for that. So any of you little dickhead YouTubers... I mean, Jay Paul sent a contract to me a while ago. And uh, we said yes. Funnily enough, we never heard back from him again. So, you know, he just wanted the clout because he knows I've got a big mouth and I'll talk about it. So it makes him look like he wants real, real challenges. But then, ah, uh, but then he doesn't respond. But uh, I'm happy to say that I had my place in combat sports. I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. I'm happily retired. I'm very happy and content with being a commentator and an analyst in the sport, combat sports and martial arts. Have done such wonderful things for my life. I never thought possible. I'm living a life that I thought was just a dream, and that all comes from what combat sports has given me. So I'm very happy and very content. Sports Social Podcast Network.